Well, well, this is a first, uh, first for all you uh, listeners out there in podcast land. Uh, I am in studio in the infamous uh, domicile of one Mark Buffalo. How, how you feeling right now, buddy? I am. I am so gassed, Johnny. I am. <laughs> listeners, at, at the zero hour right before we record, I get this. I, I go in at two a.m. this morning. I get off at ten thirty. Johnny and I are set to record this series of episodes. Get this knock on my door at eleven, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is at my door?" God damn it! If it ain't Johnny. Here in studio, here in High Hammock Studio. Oh my God! Welcome. Here we are, Dangle Podcast. <laughs> Thank, thanks for having me. I don't think we need to do a cold open today, do we? I, I don't know. I, I mean, th- I guess I could say, Johnny, how are you? Uh, Mark, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great because now I don't have to go up with a cold open for this. Because <laughs> I couldn't think of one. I was like, oh, I want to be buried in a war memorial, but they won't let me die. <laughs> Something I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, we, we've got some great episodes today, but uh, th- we may have just broken our all-time record, Mark, of me not being here. Yeah. So, who knows how long that's going to stand. Who knows? It, who knows? Who knows? But yes, welcome to the Dangle Podcast. This is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny! No fucking lag on that one. <laughs> uh, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. There is a roundish table before us full of beers. It is 11 o'clock in the morning, and we are going to do this. Oh my God, Johnny. Let's get into it, buddy. If you guys can't tell, Mark's just a little bit excited. I am so horned up. <laughs> so we're going to start today's episode with episode 62, Cotton's Plots. We have an original air date, Mark, of October 3rd, 1999. Uh, this is uh, one of our our good uh, good writing duos here, Abel and Burger Man. Abel and Burger. Abel and Burger. Mm, um, burgers. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, because I like to do this, even though you guys have heard it a million times. I like to bring up what these guys' writing credits are. So we, you only got two more from Burger Man. Oh God! Don't you only got that. two more: Naked Ambition and Nancy Boys. So both oh, God, good only episodes. One of those is pretty. Oh wow! That was... I think they're good. All right, all right, all right. But that's that's me. We'll that's get there me. when we get there, right? <laughs> I guess we will. And let's see how many more Abel's got. Because I want to say, like, this guy looks super familiar. Oh, that's it. That's he, it. That's it. The, the writing duo is over after that, and that's right. kind of it. So, uh, our cast of characters for this episode are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Cotton Hill and Dee Dee Hill, and a cameo by Ramsey? That's the uh, physical therapist. Thank you. Uh, who is Ramsey's voice? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know. It's cool to see a big buff black dude in animation that is not voiced by Michael Clark Duncan and or, oh, I can never think of his name, um, the, the, the principal from American Dad. Jolie Bindo in oh, Star Wars yeah. and uh, Knights of the Old Republic. It'll it all shot it halfway through the recording. But. It's, no, it's 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 all good, man. Because this is your other favorite black voice actor. It's Phil Lamar. Oh, it's Phil Lamar. Okay. <laughs> it's like I know I recognize this guy's voice, but it doesn't talk like this, so I didn't recognize that. You shifted tree skink. It's cool that Phil Lamar can be more than one black guy. He can. He could do an Outer Space Potato Man and a black physical trainer. <laughs> Outer Space Potato Man. <laughs> Sorry, this is not, in fact, uh, a dangle Futurama. This is dangle Podcast. Okay, uh, you ready for a synopsis, Mark? Before we do that, I just want to point out uh, this air date, October 3rd, 1999. I turned 11 years old when this episode came out. Hey, all That's right. That's a weird feeling. I don't remember where I was or what I was doing. But just on that like day. Just like every birthday after that for years to come. <laughs> no, just the ones after your 21st birthday. Also those. <laughs> Uh, so our synopsis, Mark, while Peggy regains her strength back, def- strength back after her plane accident, Cotton struggles with getting his burial plot in the state cemetery. Yep. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So our A story characters here are really Peggy and Cotton. Um, you could say Hank kind of tangential, but he's but... very tangential to this. Really. He's in there to just make sure that Cotton doesn't take advantage of Peggy. Yeah. But even then it's a very weak attempt. Yeah. And would you say this has a B story? Cause I couldn't really suss one out. I, I really don't think so. Okay. Like, it... No. no. Does it? No. I, Not really. Like, I, I can't really think so, because it's it focuses on Peggy and Cotton pretty much the whole time. Yeah, which is fine. It's cool yeah. to see, like... It's cool to see them interact. We don't get them other than, like, playing against each other versus them, like, playing together. We've ne- definitely never gotten a full episode of just Peggy and Cotton. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, you want me, let's start off with some notes. I only have one. Is that we got a cold open... 
We got a cold open. We haven't had one for a while. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you got any notes? I have several notes, Johnny. And now that you're here in studio, you can see the fucked up way that I write notes. <laughs> so, um, number one, I guess him, I guess both Peggy and Ramsey were right about the Grand Canyon. In they a both were. stupid, roundabout, Lauren Boberty way. 200 million years, Mark. 200. It is, listeners, 200 million. I'm a geologist. I should fucking know. Um, <laughs> if you're like me and I know I am, you watch this with subtitles on. And while Cotton is watching Peggy struggle, the subtitle says he whimpers sarcastically. <laughs> and I thought that was great. Um, I like that we have this really. Okay, so this is a weird episode for me because of continuity. Okay. Um, what was it? Shins of the Father, I think. The very first Cotton episode, and we talked about, like, Cotton's horrible backstory, the Battle of Okinawa, he lost his shins. Um, so we got that, and I laid down my, like, unified timeline of Cotton. Because of this episode, we have to amend it, but we can't amend it because we don't know what's true and what isn't. Right. We just know that at 14, he went to Japan, lost his shins. But we also got a couple other fun little things. Like, number one, Cotton still loves waffles. Yes, he does. I He's love that Cotton's eating waffles. waffles. Yeah. <laughs> And um, number two, he has some FDR hate in there. And we're going to see how he was late because he had to stop to give FDR the finger. <laughs> um, I have a note that we'll get to when we get there. But my biggest note slash con slash real big just turn the punch bowl for this one. Dee Dee and Cotton are still at the hills. They are. Where are they sleeping? I don't know because uh, Luann's definitely still at the hills and she is not staying in... Bobby's room. Yeah, Luann is in the den. Bobby is in Bobby's room. Hank and Peggy are in Hank and Peggy's room. So where are Cotton, GH, and um, Stupid? It's stupid. I don't know, man, because they're not in the family room. That that couch isn't a pullout. At least I wouldn't... <laughs> what Cotton should have done. <laughs> I, at least I really don't want it to be a pullout because we're going to see years and years of Super Bowl finger stains from Bill. <laughs> it's like a cave and you can like track the like accretion all of a sudden we have sedimentary cheeto formations in that couch that's the year i got into cooler ranch uh so yeah i mean that's a that's a legitimate gripe man i have no fucking idea where they're staying it's just a weird animate or not animation i guess it's a plot point note i don't know maybe hanks put him out in the shed i don't in, in ladybird's kennel Oh, I mean, I, mean, oh, I like to think fit. he gives Cotton Ladybird's kettle after Bobby doesn't stay in there anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. How about you, buddy? You got any notes? Um, no, I mean, it's, I think it's cool to see a cold open. I honestly don't remember what it is at this point. Yeah. So, but I like I the cold opens though. Season four, we're going to get weird. Exactly. But, uh, I'll jump into some pros here and I'm going to start with one that I initially wrote down as a con and then I continued to watch the episode and went, no, this isn't a con. This is funny. And I don't know why I was being such a stickler ahead. Okay. Um, I, I love how differently all the guys use Peggy's gross used cast. I'm really glad you hit this first because that was my note I didn't give. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know why I like it so much. Maybe because they took the effort to make all three of them do something different with it. And they all fit really, really well. Mm -hmm. Bill's going to get gross with it. We already know that. He couldn't have, he could have gotten a lot grosser. He could have gotten so much worse with Bill. Like, we, we didn't get a uh, a blow-up doll no. put in said cast, but we could have. Oh, God, don't um, make me think of the logistics of that. <laughs> All of a sudden, you kind of want to go and get some plaster now, don't you? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I do want to get some ham and microwave it. Oh. I'm thinking Arby's. Oh. <laughs> Reminds me of my ex. <laughs> we'll probably one? cut that out. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> um, so, of course. Get ready for this, guys. This is going to be a jokey, stupid episode. Uh, Just the energy is different. Like, it's amazing. Oh, my God. It's great. Um, so, and then, of course, what do we what do we get from Dale? He's jipping the system somehow. Yeah. Just to get, like, three extra minutes and some ice cream. Like, okay. And then Boomhauer's making it into some weird kink sex thing. It's perfect. Like, you get to see these characters. You don't really see them the rest of the episode. I like that they got him a, give him a chance to shine. Now, let me ask you. Number one, I've got two questions here. Sure. Who do you think has the worst use of the cast? Like the like the most offensive just use? Just grossest. Just what, what what the hell? Bill's is the most pathetic, but Boomhauer's is the grossest. Boomhauer's is grossest. Like, that's gross. He's physically getting into it. Yeah. That's why it's gross. What's weird to me is that Boomhauer is drawn bigger than Peggy, 
Yeah. And I get it. The sides are split. It's not a whole cast anymore, but that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, But also, I really... So, I want to see a different timeline here where Dale uses it to collect more social security. <laughs> okay. Or something. Like, this is how he gets disability for life. It's he like, Shackleford. Exactly. Yeah, like, my name is Shackleford. I was hit by a train. I'm suing the Coombrays and Toltec. Like, so he does that, right? Um, Boomhauer does something else. I don't know what Boomhauer's going to do, but I want Khan to get it. And I want Min to be in the body cast as Boomhauer. Okay. They have this weird thing where they roll, and we'll see this way, way, way late down the line, where they role play as the hills and they have sex in Hank's house. Yep. I want to see that, but I want to see her, oh, heck a hill, my feet's so big. <laughs> oh, why? You sold it. You terrible. I love propane. And then they have possum paint all night long. <laughs> I want to see that. The boomhauer, I get the boomhauer bit. It's fine, whatever, right. but like, or maybe that's, I don't, I don't know how you do it. It's not a thing we can do yet. We haven't. Whatever, I just want to see it. It'd be a fun little bit. No, for me. yeah, like I, I like these alternate timelines. I yeah, Boomhauer definitely does the grossest thing in it because he physically gets into he gets it. Into it, like ugh. Peggy spent six weeks in that, like not being able to bathe, doing isometric butt crunches. Mm-hmm. Now I know she's she's a clean human in general, but you spend six weeks in anything, you're not going to be clean. No, God, no. You can God, like just, just imagine the dead like oh, the cells funk. sloughed in there. The funk. Ugh. Oh. Okay. Right, we're we're going to move past Peggy's yeah. cast because we spent way too much time already on that. Past Casty. Um, I like that there is a shitload of progression for Cotton and Peggy in this episode. Yes, there is. Uh, it's more than just like a 30 second at most gripe against each other of, you know, now he's breaking my good china or, hey there, Hank's wife. Like, that's usually all we get out of them. Like, we never get more than 10, 15, 20 seconds. This is a whole episode of just them building off of each other and going, mm -hmm. we have a mutual hate for each other and we can make that actually work to our advantage. And I think that's super smart to do. Um, I absolutely love every single one of Cotton's War flashbacks. Yes. Like, they're perfect. I really, really want to know how drunk I could get off of a 55-gallon jug of sake. I want to know how much I could get just, just annihilated with a, a helmet full of it like they're doing. I don't know. I had that note. Sake is 12%. Tops. It's not like, that it's much. Not that. Remember in college, I had that weird sake phase. <laughs> I do remember. I and like, recall. all I did was show up at parties with like four bottles of sake and smash all four of them in a night. And even then I was like, nah, I'm good to drive. Like, <laughs> then you'd be like, I got another six pack guys. Let's go. Yeah. Like Mark Harriet, my head hurts. I need a fucking beer. I need to sober up here. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, I, but I love his war flashbacks. Um, they they get the point across without being egregious. Like mm. you could show him getting his his shins blown off. You could show him doing some pretty horrific shit. You could show him eating the jungle rice. And yet, I'm glad he you talked don't. about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tell don't show. Exactly. Yeah. So Mark, we have uh, an introduction for one of Cotton's war buddies. Yeah, we do. Erwin Linker. Erwin Linker. Hey, shut down, you gutter slut. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> I love Erwin Linker. That filthy mouth, Erwin Linker. He's amazing. He's a perfect, perfect example for GH to grow up. Yep. Like he absolutely is. But did you notice who was missing? Uh, uh, uh Topsy. No Toppington. What the fuck? Yeah, he had, he had to go to the VA. He had to go to the VA that day. I guess. I guess. But I noticed that. It was, not that necessarily that no Topsy is a pro, but it was like, okay, we got Erwin Linker, but now we don't have Topsy. Well, dude, you can't. I think the biggest problem with the Marvel movies, the, the Avengers arc, is we are mashing characters together in introductions, and it doesn't work. We need to, like... It's like butt sex. You gotta get a finger in. If you go full fist first, you're gonna get punched. <laughs> that was grosser than I intended it to be. But, like, if you had Topsy and... Peggy's probably met Topsy by this point, I assume. Oh, well, yeah, she yeah, she's a, yeah, when they're at the VF, yeah, for the pancake breakfast, yeah. Well, and the peg, Paddle and Peggy. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, like, she already knows about him, nah, screw that, let's get, let's get three fatties, a, a couple Brooklyns, and then early, and then and an Urban Linker. Linker. Yeah, like, oh, that was perfect. We already had Topsy, we know about Topsy, like, it's. <laughs> Topsy did something, but he needed to do something else. <laughs> also, we just saw Topsy, like. We did, we got we, a we lot don't of need him. him, yeah, like. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is necessarily a pro. Okay. 
Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the pro category simply based on the fact that it raises awareness and it's really fucking depressing that 20 years later it's still as big of an issue. Did you did you notice Dale's casual attitude towards Cotton potentially committing suicide? I did. I didn't think it was sad though. No, he doesn't make it sad. He draws attention to the fact of okay, yep, this is a thing that happens, and 20 years later it still fucking happens way too much. So that's why it's a pro is because it's we're getting some attention towards it. It is good to raise awareness veterans yes. issues and care now in a post Iraq war slash Afghanistan war slash whatever every fuck is happening. In slash Ukraine. everything that we've been doing up until post World War Two, because I think World War One vets kind of got a square deal. But like we're not treating them right. We got to get better about that. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I, I also love that it's, it showcases, even though it's about Dale talking about Cotton's suicide, it shows Dale's reverence for Cotton. Very yeah. on point. Very on point. See, I thought that was a weird, like, Dale... We talked about the Dalepedia of stuff. Yeah. And, like, Dale is like, well, Cotton's a warrior. He's going to die in battle or he's going to take his own life. Like, you know, yeah. the way of the samurai. Totally yeah. glossing over the fact that Cotton would never commit suicide like a samurai. But, you know... I kind of took it as that, like, he's excited for me, like, you're going to kill yourself. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm helping daddy. Daddy. He's taking me bumper bowling. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. You're going to get a lot of Dale impressions today. Oh, you're going to get a lot of pre- impressions. You're going to get, oh, wow, I'm already drunk. You're going to get a lot of impressions today. There. A lot of impressions. A lot of impressions. <laughs> um, and then I have one last pro in here. It just says, I like the ending. Yeah. I love the line of, if you get up here, you can dance on my grave. And it's such a, a good pin to put in that. Like, I respect you for getting up here. I know you hate my guts. I'm going to sweeten the pot for you right here. Yeah. Because you need this. Yeah. You need to show yourself that you can do it. So, how about your pros, man? Um, Number one, every time Cotton is on screen. Fantastic. I love every Cotton line. I had to stop myself from writing down every single Cotton line. I, I'm uh, in the same boat as you. Like, yeah. Fantastic. Um... Every every time Cotton's on screen, I love it. I love every interaction he has with Peggy. I love Cotton's weird. He's a human. Up until now, we haven't really seen Cotton be cool. We're breaking now. Johnny just opened a what, Johnny? Uh, I opened a red rum ale. And holy shit, is this good. Listeners to Two Wizards Podcast, you will note that that is my Woo! favorite beer in the goddamn world. And Johnny showed up with it at my house with a six-pack. Completely random. Didn't know it. I just know that we both like Stephen King, so fucking cheers to that. I know why you got it. <laughs> it's Ka, buddy. It is Ka. Ka is a wheel, and it controls us all. You and I are, ke- are Ka, buddy. We're Ka-tet, bud. One from many. Oof. <laughs> okay, anyway, back to your pros. Anyway, back to my pros. Um, Cotton, he's great every time. Um, I say Hank's line of, we'll take it one day just like the drunks do, all the time. <laughs> Holy shit. That's like my catchphrase at work. I have two catchphrases at work. It's control what we can and get shit pissed off at the shit we can't. And I'll shake it one day like at a time like the drunks do. <laughs> I get dirty looks for it and I don't care. Um, so thank you there, shit, Cotton. we're both drunk, so I d- it doesn't matter. Here, here. <laughs> we just can't clink bottles this whole time. No, though. we can't. No. Um, I need you to hate me more than you've ever hated anybody in my life. I already do. We're halfway there. <laughs> Uh, this steak is so tender you can take out your teeth. <laughs> Followed up by... Uh, followed up by um, Peggy crawling across the floor trying to get dinner. And they're all just kind of eating still. Oh, Hank, the steak is wonderful. Like It's so tender. It's great. I love that. Um, Dale prepping cotton was one of my pros. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how about cons there, buddy? Um, I've got two of them here. One of them, which is, it's just like a, come on, anybody with basic rudimentary knowledge of construction would know this. It it takes way more than one bag of cement to make a fucking ramp. Oh yeah. Like me as somebody who used to work in public works and did cement work at eh, minor, minor ways. I'm like, it takes way more than one, one bag of cement, unless you're mixing a 300 fucking pound bag. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what Hank is grabbing. Um, and the only other one that I got in here, Cotton is very much a fan of telling his war stories. He tells Mm -hmm. them to everybody who will listen. He tells everybody about his shins. He tells everybody about what he did and how he killed 50 men. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. How has no one ever called him on his shit with Munich? I don't know, but we're going to look forward a little bit 
Okay. And maybe I'm, I can't think of the episode. I don't know if you can pull it out, but I remember the moment they're playing Scrabble. Okay. And Cotton plays the word Anzio. Anzio, yeah. And um, I want to say it's Topsy gets mad and puffs his cheeks. It's the Battle of Anzio. And he talks about it. He talks about they were there, they were engaged in it. Yep. Cotton was never in Italy. We, no. He whatever. was not in the European theater. No, he was never in Munich. Like, so there's that one, but then, um, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we are. <laughs> um, there's another one, too, later on. When he I, he, I forget what they're doing. He, he's talking to his war buddies, and he says, "Hell, you strangled Herman Goering." Yeah. No, Herman Goering was hung post Nuremberg trials. I think it gets to a point where Cotton and all of his war buddies are in this echo chamber of their own stuff. Okay. They've been told by Dan Rather and the rest of the goddamn country that they're the greatest generation. Right. And they're given sort of just a blank check to write their own narratives. I'm not saying that's all right, but at the same time, everybody that Cotton is with is a war hero. Yeah. Up until the point where he says that Vietnam veterans can't do it because they're a bunch of fucking losers. That's why they can't join the VFW. Yeah. I'm not saying they're losers. Don't mistake me, guys. Cotton says they're losers. Cotton says it. We'll get there when and we get And then he comes there. around on them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like... I think it gets to a point you're bullshit with your friends. You're not some, my granddad used to say, we're going to sit in the cabin and tell lies. You play outside. And really it was just, they were talking terrible shit about their wives and all that, whatever. It's what guys do when they get together. It's what you and I are going to do for the next six hours after we cut this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So like, I get it, but I just think they're kind of in a weird echo chamber of their own stuff. And I honestly kind of think it's sweet that he just, they all yes. And each other and it's all sweet. And they all, you know, they all want to remember just how awesome they were. Even if they didn't do everything they said they did. Yeah. It's like, no, I want you to think I'm just as credible as you are. Well, but too, like, they did do it. They still did stuff. Yeah. Did he scale the cliffs of Normandy with the 50-pound ice cream machine on his back? No. <laughs> did he record, retrieve the corn cob pipe? Fuck no. But does that matter? It doesn't. Because you know what? I bet you somebody had to climb the Normandy cliffs with something stupid on their back for the forward command base after they, you know, landed and stuff like this. Absolutely. And it's... These are the stories that we tell for the people that are dead and we're remembering the fallen. These guys are in their 70s. Absolutely. Let them have their fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's not like like you were saying. They are all heroes. As Hank says later in the episode, you know, he may be a son of a bitch, but that son of a bitch was six foot four when he left and he came back and was five foot even. Also, six foot four at 14 years old. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's a monster. Puberty hit Cotton Hill like a sack of goddamn bricks. Now... Now, if we're going, we, I was listening to one of our older episodes, Mark, and we're talking about how hung Dale is. Yes. Uh, we're going to go by just some basic, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? Proportion. Yep. Proportions. We're going to go some proportions here. If Cotton was supposed to be six foot four at the least, mm-hmm. and he is now five foot, how long is his dongle? Oh, dude. That's why Cotton landed Didi. <laughs> Clean peaches and heavy syrup. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Anyway, we've diverted, but that's uh, that's my cons, man. I only had two of them for this. It's a good episode. Okay. Um, um, I've only got two, too, really, and they're nothing at all. It's, um, well, one's pretty glaring. Number one, I've never done personal or physical training. Okay. Thank thank God I'm pretty pert. Yeah. But, oh, dude, I imagine that's what it's like. The introduction, you make the therapy appointment and everything, and then, all right, we're done. It's like, but I just got here. When my wife jacked up her knee last June, she finally got in to see a physical therapist in January. And oh that's basically God. that whole first that session. six months. Yeah. That is terrible. That is six so months. terrible. Uh, and her, her uh, shin is still discolored from that, from June. And it's now March. Are you, are you rubbing shin jelly on it? I'm not rubbing shin jelly on it, Mark. Well, that's why it's discolored, Johnny. Come on. <laughs> um, oh, uh, uh, sock is probably 12% tops. Whatever. Okay. I don't care. That's fine. Um, and finally, Cotton's continuity in this really messes with me, and I mentioned this earlier, but I think I just kind of like yes-handed myself into loving this episode more and forgiving that little bit, because oh, it's it's great. It, Cotton more than makes up for the whatever glaring things are, are in this episode. Yeah. But to that end, um, I have some notes, as I am one to do, Johnny. You know how I like to get insane. Let's hear it, man. All right, so I spent probably 20 minutes the other day on various, like, Pinterest pages and shit, trying to map out exactly what medals Cotton has pinned to his uh, dress uniform. Okay. And I came up with a couple things. Number one, he has a purple heart. A duh. 
Yeah, that's a that's a that's a given, right? Yeah, that's of course. Uh, wounded in service. We're wounded, in, yeah, wounded in service. Um, there's some X's on his chest. Those represent um, the infantry division. Okay. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Yep. Tracks. Next was Purple Heart. He has what looks like a parachute medal. Okay. That's kind of weird. We know that pay, that um, Cotton wasn't airdropped. He was maybe he would have been if they'd actually like gotten to their point in Okinawa. Right. Maybe he would have been airdropped, but most of Okinawa was a land-based invasion. Right, he, he wasn't airborne. Been, no, he wasn't airborne, which is kind of weird, whatever. But for sure, for sure, Cotton has an eagle, a colonel's eagle, on his left breast. Or left, whatever you call that, left chest side. So, I've talked before, well, what rank is Cotton? Cotton is, in fact, a colonel. Yep, that's what Dale addresses him as. Yeah. And see, I thought that was Dale, like, you know, dick riding or something. It's not. Cotton Hill is, is a, a colonel. colonel. Which, sidebar to your sidebar, holy shit, we will see later on, like, how bad off a colonel in the United States Army in World War II is. God, that is depressing as fuck. Con. Yeah. Just sweeping con, right? And not a con on cotton, but a con on our freaking system. That's my point. Um. Secondly, he has some decoration bars, which are tough to pin down. It's the multicolor stripes right. on his chest. Um. He does not have a POW bar. Which he should. He should. He was definitely a prisoner of war. Jungle rice, Mark. Jungle rice. Tasted fine. <laughs> um, he might have an army service um, bar. Maybe. Okay. I can't tell. He also might have a Navy Marine Corps bar. Mm. But it's backwards. I spent a lot of time looking into this shit, and I couldn't find it. Listeners, if you can tell me, if you can shed some light, if you are um, experts on Civil, or civil War, Jesus Christ, uh, World War... <laughs> If you are experts on World War II uniforms, please let me know. And also, I'm willing to, you know, it's animation. Yeah. Well, then this is also an era of animation where they didn't pay as much attention as they do now, 20 years later. Where they can go, well, shit, everybody has the internet. Everybody's going to be eagle-eyed and go, uh, this is wrong. We're all going to be fucking data in the middle of the Android's dungeon going, you hit that uh, uh, thing twice in succession and it made a different sound. I hope someone was fired for that blunder. Like, every every one of us is like that. Fuck, dude, you and me are like We're that. doing that right now as we speak. <laughs> I took 20 minutes to look at this shit. Like, we did. I paused and I was like trying to like, looks like, okay, that's like blue, yellow, red. Okay, what could that be? But yeah. So I will give him uh, the benefit of the doubt. For 20 years ago, the fact that they actually gave him a colonel rank, that's pretty damn impressive. That's somebody paying enough attention to detail. But I also got to wonder, we talked about, if he was the only survivor on a battleship, he would have gotten the battlefield promotion being the senior most officer there. Right. Like, that's how Custer became a general. Right. Battlefield promotions. Like, just because you're alive doesn't mean you're any good. That's true. But whatever. Um, I think we are to favorite moments. We are. Uh, almost. Almost. I got almost. some retro rage for you I didn't get to. Oh, do we? We do. I've we got have not had one of those in a minute. Um, so you're going to have to remind me because I know I saw it in there. It's why I wrote the note down. Okay. At what point in this episode do we see a clock alarm that does... Oh, it's when Hank is setting his when alarm for the morning. Running through. When's the last time you saw a clock radio that doesn't go backwards? Barring my grandparents' house. <laughs> it doesn't exist like anymore. two months ago, yeah, it's not a thing. Like, every single one of our listeners uses their phone for an alarm clock. I can guarantee it. Oh, yeah. If anybody doesn't, I will personally send you five dollars. Don't, don't tell them that. They're going to lie. Yeah, you're going to cut it out. Anyway. They're going to go to the Goodwill. <laughs> oh, I'm not. They're going to go to the Goodwill, pick up a clock ra- clock radio, and be like, look at this bitch. And you're like, ah. Now I owe some motherfucker $5. <laughs> and then, uh, Mark, who is Sophia Loren? She was a very sexy lady a long, long time ago. No, not Bobby Hill? No. Hey, look, Mark. I'm Sophia Loren. Damn it, Mark. <laughs> I don't even know. I know who Sophia Loren is, but if you showed me a picture of like, who the fuck is that? I think she was, isn't she the, the lady, the, the, the love interest in the second grumpy old men movie? I don't know. The Italian lady. Do I look like a dude that watches grumpy? Well, don't answer that. <laughs> you really do. But honestly, Mark, that was something that was big when we were younger. Uh, Are you going to look her whoa, up? Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, man, sunrise, sunset. That is who I'm thinking about. That was Sophia who you're thinking Loren. Of. Oh, she has that really famous picture with her and Jane Mansfield right there where she's checking out Jane Mansfield's Hooters. There you go. You might remember Jane Mansfield as the mother of Mariska Hargitay. Mariska. 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 Uh, favorite moments, Mark. Let's hear one. Favorite moments. I've really only got one because I couldn't 
um, give you every single... Every cotton line? Well, every cotton line, every cotton war story. Um, oh, I guess I'm going to sub one in really quick. I really liked the uh, flag raising bit. I thought that was yes. great. It was cool. I really... Uh, listeners to Wizards Podcast, I talk a ton about like ritual and stuff. I really enjoy that little bit. That's fantastic. Um, and I like the scene. She pops him in the nose and he bleeds and mm, like, that's great. <laughs> but really my favorite moment slash line, cause I can't give every cotton line. I narrowed it down to a single one. If God loved you, he would have opened your sissy shoot. <laughs> I'm so glad that you did that one. Cause it's not one of mine. <laughs> Woo! What you got buddy? Um, so I've got, and we already named it once. I called it jungle rice. Tasted fine. <laughs> The idea that Cotton is just surviving and subsisting off of eating rat shit is hilarious to me. Poor feller. Uh, and the fact that it is can very accurately be called jungle rice. Oh, God. Uh, and, uh, well, howdy do to you, you fly swatting loser. <laughs> Every time. I have used fly swatting loser so many times in my personal life. I can't even begin to tell you. I think you've called me that before. I probably times. have. I probably have. What are you doing over there, you last swatting loser? <laughs> it's so many. This is such a good cotton episode. It's great. Like, it's way better than it needs to be. And I think I wrote in my, my little final thoughts here that it's probably the best cotton episode we've gotten so far that has a distinct lack of misogyny in it. Cotton is amazing in this. Yes. Like, he that You finally get to see cotton more as who he really is than just the the foil for every every female every double x chromosome character he's in the king of the universe he's not calling anybody missy melons he's not calling anybody missy melons you know what i'm amazed by and this is just like just a note for us that i'm gonna leave in holy shit you and i kick into shitty impressions just that so fast that motherfucker so, so well like it's great I, my wife loves my luann impression for some reason it's and fantastic. i don't think it's i don't think it's very good I, I have this horror story, this reoccurring fear in my head that I'm going to have a sex dream, but it's not going to be Brittany Murphy's voice. It's going to be your voice doing Luann to me. Only if it's coming out of Brittany Murphy. Well, it'll be Luann's body, but it's oh, going to be you voicing her. Oh, okay. Perfect. Like, perfect. Hey there, Uncle Mark. Something terrible. It's uh, No. Anyway, we I'm should... stuck in this... <laughs> Okay, never mind. Do it, do it, do it. Do it. Come on. You got to do it. I'm stuck in this washing machine, Uncle Mark. What are you doing? <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. Uh, Luann would get stuck in a fucking washing machine. Yes, she would. Uncle Mark, gurgle, gurgle, got stuck under the cylinder. Pretty, pretty washing machine. <laughs> Mark, you're laughing too hard, so I'm going to get tell the good folks about our rating system. What do you think? Uh, so, our rating system is as followed. At the very bottom, we have our charcoal rating. It's our F-tier absolute garbage of an episode. A charcoal episode is one that you watch one time on your way through the, the series, and you never revisit it again. It's pretty much a terrible episode of TV. After that, we have our Megalo rating. It's kind of a bronze-tier episode. Megalo has got some pretty funny parts. It's got some uh, eh, decent, memorable moments. And if you're just quite drunk enough, like Mark and I almost are, you could watch a Megalo episode and it'll be fine. You'll probably be on your phone most of the time, though. You will be on your phone. What's Pokemon Go doing? <laughs> After that, you got your Butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard of an episode because you like about half of it, you hate about half of it, and yet, somehow, some way, you usually will watch it all the way through when you see it on TV. Mm -hmm. After that, we have our pinnacle of Char King Imperial. And Char Kings are, they're, they're kind of like the, the best representations of King of the Hill. Mm -hmm. um, this is the type of episode you want to show somebody to get them into the series. It explains characters. It's got a lot of good jokes. It's got fantastic writing. And usually will leave you with something that you can remember. Uh, after that, we have one other rating. It's the Blue Flame of Valor. This is our unicorn episode. Unicorn. Our special rank S tier, uh, uh, diamond, double diamond, platinum. This I don't is even our know. greatest generation episode. It is our greatest generation episode. It's our, our once in a season, usually, episode. The Blue Flame of Valor is what best represents uh, everything about King of the Hill, everything about adult animation, everything about why this series is better than just about everything else that's been produced in the last 10 to 15 years. So, with that being said, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, what do you give Cotton's plot? 
I have one addendum to you. Okay. And that's just that A Blue Flame of Valor is an episode that you can have zero context for and show to anybody. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for amending that. That's that's what I'm kind of finding. These are what... Because we're getting some really good stuff right now. Yes. And like the Blue Flames for me are like, well, can I show this to somebody with zero context? And yeah. The best one we've gotten so far is anyone in the entire world can watch a firefight and we will go. And they're going to understand it. They're going to love it. They're going to find why this series is so charming. 90% of people, like, that's their one memory of King of the Hill. Like, it's yeah. that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, my rating. Sorry, I didn't mean to... No. Uh, thank you for amending. Um. So, you... Man, I don't know if it's because you're here. Like, I'm basking in your fucking presence. I, I see the blue flame of valor burning atop your hat. It is glorious. We, taste, we taste the meat and not the heat, right? And the heat, I thought. Oh, I'm never using you again. We're going to get a rainbow blazer up in this bitch, Mark. It's going to be great. Oh, I'm going to get married and we're going to get married in rainbow blazers. Yes, <laughs> we are. Um, anyway, I was going to initially rate this as a blue flame. But okay. talking to you, or not, 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 God damn it, I did that again. I was going to originally rate this as a butane. Okay. And But now talking to you, my biggest hangup was Cotton's continuity. But it's not Cotton's continuity. That doesn't matter. Cotton's a war hero. He's yep. telling the stories that the dead cannot tell. I'm going to forgive all of it. All of it. It's fine. Yeah. As a Char King. Okay. The only thing that stops from being Blue Flame is you need to see how much Cotton and Peggy hate each other. Otherwise, you just, you, you're kind of losing a little bit of it. Otherwise, it's like, we don't really have the con. We kind of get why Cotton is so weird and short, whatever. Yeah. We get these little bits and snips, but like, you don't. I want to amend that a little bit to you as well and yeah. just say the only other thing other than to that, at least for me personally, you also have to know that Peggy fell out of a plane. Also that, yeah. Why is like, this woman Why is this cast? so hard for her to like basically work herself out of it? What now, is you this, can, this you issue? Can piece it to get, you can piece it together, but if literally you just need to watch the episode before and you'd be okay with it. Yeah. But uh, that's what I would add to it. But uh, Mark, I also gave it a charking, so we're imperialing this bitch. Imperial! Uh. Look at that audio um, spike. <laughs> So, uh, like I said to you earlier, it's, it's probably the best Cotton episode we've gotten to date. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We see the most of him, and he is the most likable. This is not Missy Mellon's Cotton. This is this is the Cotton that you and I have grown to love that wants to go and row across the freaking Gulf of Mexico to go and assassinate Fidel Castro because that's what he would do. But this is also like, we see, we, we talked in um, Shins of the Father about how, like, not Shins of the Father, the first Cotton, that's Shins of the Father, right? The first Cotton. Um, the final Shinsult? Yeah, maybe. Final they're all Shin puns. They're all Shin puns except for this one, which is Cotton's plot, but whatever. And <laughs> Death like... Picks Cotton and Returning Japanese. Whatever. Doesn't matter, had sex. Um, <laughs> which Cotton did, and that's how he got GH. Um, I forgot my train of thought. Busted through three weenie shields. <laughs> that's the worst fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. It doesn't. wasn't wearing magnums, Mark. God, don't let me think about fucking Cotton's kidney cracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I lost my train. Uh, it's a great episode. Sharking Imperial. Sharking, yeah. It's an Imperial, guys. And this is, with a couple of just very minor tweaks, this could be a blue flame. It's a blue flame in spirit. We'll say that. Blue flame in spirit. Recorded on my brand new Blue Yeti mic. It's a free plug for you, Blue Yeti. There you if go. The if this comes out sounding like shit, blame Blue Yeti. But if it's great... <laughs> It's also Blame Blue, Blue Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We... Oh, that's what it was. Um, this is the cotton that we get to see um, that Hank loves. This is why Hank still loves his dad because he knows it's Luke Skywalker, man. I know that there is good inside of you. And Hank does. One little and we're seeing it. We're, uh, one little colonel named Cotton Hill. <laughs> that was completely unintentional. And I just broke you. <laughs> Listeners, my laugh is this stupid all the time. <laughs> all right, we got to move on. Uh, um, Charking Imperial, Cotton's Plot is a fantastic episode. Go watch it. Let's. There we go. We're going to move on to episode 63, Bills Are Made to Be Broken. Um, it's definitely a play on words for records are made to be broken. I also want to start doing that with you. I meant to talk about this a thousand times before. Figuring out what the stupid title's for? Yes. Yeah. Like three coaches and a bobby, three men and a baby, shit like that. Escape from Party Island, Escape from New York. Like, yeah. Yep. Um, we have an original air date of October 24, 1999. Uh, this is Altshuler and Krinsky. That's we a three-week gap. 
It is a three-week gap. Oh, it must have been the season hiatus. Uh, no, so October, you're going to see a lot of those because Fox almost exclusively has the rights to the MLB. Uh, and October, the October con. special. Ultra con from Mark. <laughs> the Mark October baseball. classic is the World Series. It okay. happens every October. Yep. Yeah, it does. So that's what happens. Trust me, as a lifelong Simpsons fan, I've, lo- I've, I've grown to love and hate the World Series. So don't look at the Boston Red Sox shirt I'm wearing. It's cool. Oh, I thought it was B for both of them. Both of them. For a blue flame of Val. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so writers Alt Schuler and Krinsky, we've talked about these guys before. They do a lot of stuff in other animation. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like halfway through their uh, their their stuff with this. Um, they've done Three Days of the Condo, Life in the Fast Lane, uh, Love Hurts and So Does Art, Death in Texas... Uh, they're going to do one of my all-time favorites. That's their next one. Won't you pee my neighbor? It's really good. Such a great episode. Really, really good. So these guys have got some really cool pedigree. Um, I think they found that they were a really good writing duo. Our cast of characters for Bills Are Made to Be Broken are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, uh, the introduction of Ricky Suggs. I think this is the only episode he's in because usually after this, they, they go to, um... Kalaiki Ali'i. Mm-hmm. Is it Richie? Richard? David. David. Thank you. Yeah. It's David. Um, David Kalaiki Ali'i. But he's not in this. It's Ricky Suggs. We have uh, Chad and the sports jock. They come back, right? Uh, I think we hear them we, a couple we hear of times. Them. It's kind of a cool reoccurring theme. Yeah. yeah. We have Sour Coach Sours, because I have to say it that way. We're good kids. <laughs> a, a couple of joke. a couple of unknown cameos voiced by Phil Lamar, Warren Lieberstein, and Jill Parker, and then Lane Prattley. Do you cameos reckon that's a horse's ass? Do you reckon that's a fucking Paul Lieberstein's brother? It could be, or his uh, son. Uh, yeah, it's kind of yeah, an old some dude. relation. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Um, and then uh, Lane Prattley, Lane Prattley cameos as a horse's ass. <laughs> no, he doesn't really, but he's just is one. Where's Where's Lane Prattley in this? Uh, he's got to be in the stand somewhere. I'm assuming okay. some eagle eye like viewer picked him. Like somebody saw it. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Because that's the only place I can think of. He doesn't have any any talking lines in it. All right, Mark, you ready for a synopsis? Lay it on me, buddy. Bill's high school touchdown record is about to be broken, and not everyone in the alley thinks that's such a great thing. God damn, that's a fantastic... Right? See, I... Every now and then I get this weird fear that you're like, all right, Mark, give us a synopsis. And I was going to say, <laughs> Bill can't fucking get over the fact that he peaked in high school. <laughs> Honestly, Bill is not the problem with most of this episode. Bill is not the problem. It's nice to see a non-pant loady Bill episode. God, it's, yeah, he's actually got some some huevos in this. I don't know. This this episode, out of the ones we've been watching, this is probably my least favorite. This is a turd. Just because it's hard to watch. Yeah. It's very hard. Um, our A story characters are the guys in the alley. Bill, Hank, Dale, Boomhauer. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, you want me to start off with some notes? You want to start some notes? Do you think uh, Ricky is a character that needs mentioning in the plot or no? Ricky sucks? And, 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 or the coach. Like... Are they really? just like plot devices? I think so. I mean, Ricky's the, framing, of course. So but. yeah, Ricky. Ricky is the high school student that, in theory, would be breaking Bill's record, but he gets injured right before, right after he ties Bill's record. Right. And then they he gets a, an asterisk. Essentially, they give him a, a free touchdown so that he can get one and be break the record after he got a torn ACL. Yeah. There's not much more to Ricky Suggs. He shows up. He's kind of a, a whiny bitch at the end of it. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and then Sour Coach Sours, it's just kind of fun to see him still there. I, we won't see him too much longer after that. I no. don't know. I don't remember who the coach is. It's not, because uh, this is the high school. It's not the middle school. Yeah. So it wouldn't be Cleehammer. Yeah. Well, but it doesn't matter. We don't really see the high school kids do that much. So it's. We don't. Not till the No Doubt episode. <laughs> oh, we don't need to talk about that. Kidney Boy and Hamster Girl. <laughs> that's the one. Um, so, I mean, that's that's these guys. There's not a whole heck of a lot there. Yeah. Um, so. Let's hear some mo- notes, Mark. Yeah, sure. Um, number one, I love Bill's little suit. Mm-hmm. I think it's very sweet that Bill gets Bill gets dressed up to do a radio interview. I yep. think that's a very fun, cute moment from Bill. Um, there is, and I gotta pull this up, and I can show you. I don't have to send it to you. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, this is kind of in the best kind of way. Yeah, no, yeah, perfectly weird. But um, where the fuck is my gallery? What's happening? Oh my god. Um. So okay. Do you remember the Simpsons football episode? Yes. Bart Starr. Thank you. And 
they it's have a bad pun. Sorry, it's a great pun. It's fantastic. Credit to you, Simpsons. Simpsons <laughs> all the way. Um, but they're they're playing Arlen and they animate the King of the Hill cast. We drove two thousand miles for this, and they're losing. So um, we now have confirmation that the Simpsons universe also exists alongside the King of the Hill universe. Cause look at that bitch's arms. Holy moly, she is yellow as shit. Listeners, this woman is like liver failure yellow. Jaundiced. Or, 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 she's a Springfield inhabitant. I don't know. I thought it was funny. One or the other. But then literally in the next frame, she's the human tone. Interesting. Yeah. And watching this with you and like kind of breaking this down, we've talked about how like uh, the, the fire chief is literally Oompa Loompa orange. Yeah. I got to assume that was a deliberate choice. I like to imagine that this was like a, a reference to that, maybe a callback to something. Oh yeah! In our next couple episodes, you're gonna notice that Khan and Min are also like ridiculously like warm toned. Well, I reckon that because that's because they're in Hawaii. It is, but like it's it's just way more than usual. For yeah, them. I, I don't know if you that. noticed it, but I did. they browned up a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or darkened, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> gotta watch. Gotta watch that verbiage, Mark. Well, I don't know. Do you get brown or do you get darker? I don't. I don't know. You're talking to a color, but you're the fucking lighting guy. You tell me. What do you do? I was just. You're right. You warm toned up. You're right. You, I, never mind. I'm I sorry. I was just gonna say because they're Asian. You gotta watch what you're saying. Oh, I. I, I <laughs> you're the problem. <laughs> I'm colorblind, bitch. Literally, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um. I want a chicken fried steak. The way that they keep talking about that fucking restaurant. The that, Arroyo Diner. That is my B plot. The Arroyo Diner. God, I just want a chicken fried it's, steak so bad. It's what, dinner, buddy. We're going to make some chicken fried steak for dinner. That's what's going to happen. We're going to run to my place of work hammered. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, I wrote... <laughs> so number one, I can't write remember because I wrote R-O-M-B-A-R. Rombar. Um, remember like 20 episodes ago, you and I were talking about, um, did Bill graduate? Yes. And I said he didn't, and you said he did, and whatever. I am justified. I am vindicated. I sit atop my tower in High Hammock Studios, listeners. Bill Dotrieve did not graduate. I was right. Ha ha! And he still hasn't graduated because he's a football player. He doesn't have to finish trigonometry. I love that little joke. That was great. (laughs) Yeah, but no, Bill didn't graduate. I was vindicated. It's great. Um, you got some, you got some notes for everybody? I do. I do. So first note here, if you're being such an eagle eyed viewer, did you notice in that very first scene where they're in the stands watching the football game? What's Boomhauer wearing? I don't know. He's wearing his sports jock and Chad t-shirt from the cold open. Oh yeah, he is. (laughs) So I was like, that's kind of a fun little continuity bit. He's, it literally says sports jock right on the top. I'm like, Good for you guys. That's not something that needed to happen, but... Because he got it right. Because he's the one who oh, called God, the cold so open. Oh, man. Fucking 10 points this episode just for that. <laughs> right? I love oh, that. Okay, cool. Um, I got a question. How would you feel if, like, say, Mark, I know you're you're a big you're a big wrestling fan. I am. Uh, if you had a wrestling record in your high school that was about to be broken in Bill's fashion, how would you feel? And now I don't have that, but I do have a record in high school. Okay. I don't know if it's been broken because I have never been back to my high school since I graduated in 2007. But in 2004, I set the all-time record at my high school as a freshman for doing an 1,100-pound calf raise on a hip sled. Okay. That is my record, and I'm pretty sure, I'm sure that now kids are all jacked up on the HGH and so forth, and, (laughs) and the vape pens, and the, the... Yu-Gi-Oh, I don't know what kids and do the these Yu-Gi-Oh. days. <laughs> I'm sure that's been broken, but I thought about this a lot. This was a big sticking point for me because my biggest through line for this is who the fuck cares? So, right. also, I was kicked off the wrestling team, Johnny. Okay. I don't know if you know the story. I'm sure you do, but listeners, I know you don't. Um, after three weeks of practicing with the team and doing all the stuff and learning all the holds, I was at this point a big professional wrestling fan. I was a sophomore. I was like 15 years old and hoarding up for mayhem. Please tell me you tried to F5 somebody. Not quite. <laughs> so we had a meet against. So also this is, Ooh, this is a weird, like laying down some authority for old Mark here. Um, not authority. What do you call that? Yeah. Authority to speak on a subject. Um, I thought the power bombs were a legal move. So we were, we had a meet that next weekend in Lyman. And my coach goes, all right, Mark, if you can pin Ryan, you can compete. Whee! So the first thing I do is kick this kid in the stomach, throw him up, and nail the perfect Batista bomb. Roll into the cover pin. 
It was fantastic. This kid is like seizing on the floor because I just gave him what for? Because I'm an idiot kid and did a wrestling move on fucking like half inch foam mats to a kid who was not willing to do it. I didn't know what the move was. I knew how to do it and like I've always been pretty stout. So it was no problem to throw him up and throw him back down and spike him. I got kicked off that fucking team so hard. Yep. So I may be the only one in Peyton High School history to get kicked off a wrestling team for powerbombing a kid. You're probably the only one that's ever tried to powerbomb anybody. Yeah, well, fucking do do what works, you know? <laughs> anyway, to your point. It's No, I was just kind of curious because I was not an athletic person. And I, know, I know you were. I was not. I was on the wrestling team for three weeks. Okay. Um, I ran Shit, track my junior year because my girlfriend was the equipment manager from a rival school. So I got to see her on the weekends. That's why I did it. And I was a thrower. Okay. Because I can't run. I God, no. God, I can't run. Um, And uh, now I played football my senior year. I was a center and I was on the kickoff team. And I was a center because I can fire off and nail through a point because of my colossal calves. <laughs> Listeners, gotcha. Marky Stardust to Twitter. You'll see a picture of my calves. It's my profile picture. There you go. Um, the only other note I've got here, Mark... How many, do we have a, a physical number okay. of how many screws Hank got from the Megalomart? He comes in with a shit you not, essentially a charcoal bag full. It's a tub of screws, It's yeah. like 2,000 screws. <laughs> and I'm just like, good lord. I know you get an awful lot of batteries for 10 bucks at Megalomart, but Jesus. Let's go on a fun trip real quick, because I'm curious. I You gotta know. I'm gonna go to, listeners, I'm going to Walmart.com, and I'll cut, I'll trim this down for continuity. We're going to find out how many screws are in a thing of screws at Walmart. And <laughs> you, you and see, I can just bullshit for a minute. It's, this is good. God it's good. damn it, James Manfield was hot. Yes, she was. Oh, my God. <laughs> screws in all departments. <laughs> um, I can... All right, so... Right now, Johnny, for uh, $12.44, I can get 465 uh, interior wood construction sh- screws. And that is nowhere near as big as Hank had with him. No, it's like I said, he's got about a medium sized charcoal bag. It, it, it's a squeaker. <laughs> it's a squatter. Sorry for the one person I know that loves it. When we fucking reference this in Norway, you're going to get a, he's a squatter joke at least once in this episode and maybe in the next one. Um, Shout out, Norway! Uh, Alright, so, Mark, let's jump into pros. You got some pros for me? Or do, do you, wait, I gave you notes, yeah? I gave you notes, you gave me notes. Pros, let's, here we go. Let's go. Oh, you and me. <laughs> I'll start, I'll start. Yeah, do it up, buddy. Uh, so, first off, the Bulldozer and his Iron Man music background. Literally how, my first one. How epic is that? Oh my god. I know you and I are big, like, classic... Classic rock fans. Colossal it, Black Sabbath fan. Oh, God. Sabbath, Sabbath is fantastic. But it was just like, how fitting is that? And I get pumped up when I watch that. It's yes. like three seconds of animation. Yes. And yet, all I hear is, I am Iron Man. And I lose my shit every time. Can Perfect. I tell you that this was my first ever introduction to Black Sabbath in like 19... This is probably 2000. I watched this on TV, like okay. in syndication. And it blew my head apart. And all I wanted to do after this was fucking do drugs and worship Satan. Like, oh my God. That was the one. That was. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Um, (laughs) This, I like this episode because it's the first we get to see of everybody doing football. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We get to see Hank. We get to see Boomhauer being the quarterback. We get to see Bill being his, uh, his offensive lineman. Yeah. Offensive tackle. Tackle. Yeah. T- yeah. Offensive line, yeah. Yeah. Like, we get to see everyone, except for Dale, obviously, the towel manager. Which, fine. We don't need to see Dale. Oh, you're sweaty, Bill. That would have been stupid. That would have... Yeah, but it would have been very Dale. <laughs> but it would have tanked the scene, like, after they won, like, for the coach to run up and French Bill and, like, Dale, like, dabs a bit of slobber off his cheek. Right. Or maybe it would have been perfect. I don't know. Um, I find it a pro that Eustace is on the school board. Yes. He's also not mentioned in this. Because it's so the wiki. So I gotta add, it's the wiki. Wiki's piece of shit. You, though, are cleaning house. I know I'm, you are. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, I think that we, we already hit on this a little bit earlier. Bill's reaction to losing his record is very refreshing for Bill. He's not pant load Bill. Yeah. Like, I I, I want to say that it's a pretty healthy way of looking at it. Like, this is a record I set 25 years ago. I'm happy for this kid. Yeah. 
You know, and then his reaction in the end where he's like, no, when he tied my record, it was legit. I don't mind sharing this with him because he did it. He put the effort in, he worked for it. Um, So I think that's super refreshing because we see so much of Pantload Bill. Like, we're not quite to the Harmonaholics, but good God, it it, it can't get too much worse than this. Um, I think we've reached our, like, aperture of Bill Pantloadiness. Yeah. Up to so far, this is a new season. We need to dial dial back the Bill bullshit. Yeah. Um, and then, Mark, do you know your school song? Because I sure as hell don't know mine. Not my high school, but I remember one from fifth grade at a school in Wyfield where I went for two weeks. It's. I'll take that back. <laughs> I do remember my uh, my elementary school school song, but not my high school one. Yeah, we. we I don't think we had one. But. But it sure as shit wasn't <laughs> Camel in the Wind. I absolutely. I absolutely love Bill singing this school song with just like no shame whatsoever. Come on, guys, let's get with it. But it's kind of neat. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. he's bringing in the old school to him. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, Mark, those are my pros, man. All right, pros. Um, I got a couple. Um, Iron Man flashback, you already hit that. Mm. I love Dale's line of, I thought I was the only one that was happy that he got hurt. Oh, Dale. I love that. I thought that was hilarious. That's such, such a, a Dale head. moment. But like at the same time, they were going to break it and then he gets hurt and I bet you Dale was jacked as shit for it. He's like, yeah, Bill's still number one. Because Dale fucking <laughs> is so mean to Bill all the time. But in this moment, he wasn't. And that was very sweet. Yeah. Even if it is a terrible thing. Uh, Mr. Debatrove. Mr. Debatrove. <laughs> Um, another another Dale. I am outraged. Am I outraged? I am outraged. Like he needs confirmation and I from am. Hank. Like I like that he needs the confirmation. Um, pro of uh, Ricky going. I did it for my girlfriends. Love you, Ricky. There's two of them, and they yep. both look at each other like, "Oh, Ricky, getting around." Yep. Ricky's getting the sponge bath in the body cast tonight. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that, that, those are my pros. How about some cons, buddy? Um. I have one. Okay. I have only one. And I'm going to say this because football in Texas is unlike football anywhere else in the entire freaking country. Which we have well established. We have well established. If Hank and Bill hold Texas records and they are on a team that went to state, they both would have been scouted for the NFL. Really? Even in the 70s. They absolutely would have. Though Bill was in the Army and Hank broke his ankle bones? Yep. Okay. I still think they would have. Okay, I think, And it's never, ever even been. And I think I I get some validity here because Hank makes a comment essentially about if this kid keeps going, he's going to be an NFL star. If not, he's got a job at Strickland. Pending Mr. Strickland's approval, of course. Even Hank recognizes somebody of that caliber belongs in the NFL. So, my con here is that they never once address that. Now, it is kind of far-fetched to have a couple of guys that are best friends that are both NFL contenders from high school. However... But it's Texas. It's Texas, and they take football so fucking seriously there. It I, bugs me when I see that. Sidebar, how do you think Boomhauer was as a quarterback? I mean, he was a senior. We know that he lettered in it, so, like, they're not going to replace him. Like, no. It's weird that we don't hear about Boomhauer being a quarterback, really. It's not, though, and here's my reasons why. Okay. Um, when we hear about that team, what do we hear about? The bulldozer mm-hmm. and a touchdown record. And t- Hank and a rushing record. Yeah. This is not a passing offense. Very, All okay. your fucking touchdowns come from rushing. Which Meaning, is the way it ought to be. Right? Yeah. Meaning, I'm not saying... And that comes from me being a Packers fan. <laughs> Fuck Aaron Rodgers, man. That dude sucks. Oh, I got some stuff to say about him, but we'll do that later. Join um, us next week for our brand new podcast, Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Um, I love you, Aaron. No, so I like, love old you. I don't like new you. So that that's my reasoning behind why why Boomhauer is in the back so much, okay. even though he was the quarterback. Okay. It's very much a running offense, and they made it very clear by setting fucking records, both of them, and going to state. They both have they, records. They went, okay, okay, yeah. cool. So that was my thought process on it, but you're you're not wrong in going why the why are they just like totally dipping out with boom power? Right it's now? it's not a thing. I just I was just kind of curious. I feel like the quarterbacks are typically the ones that get all the credit on the field. Oh god, yeah, well, especially when it looks like boom power. Oh yeah, which is like he's the perfect quarterback. Like yes, yeah. yes, yeah. But uh, give me some cons, Mark. I got a lot to say about these. Let's hear it. Um, number one, god damn it, it's high school. Let it go. <laughs> But it's high school and fine, whatever. Okay, you swayed me last time. You're not gonna sway me with this one. <laughs> that what was that? 1987 or some shit? 
the year before I was born. No, 83. 1983 was when they went to state or whatever. Or they had the placard. They had the banner hanging right. up in the pep rally. Let it fucking go. Who the hell cares? Number two, my biggest con. This is my biggest con of all. I hate anything involving underage people. Okay. I hate it when you show me college ball because you're not a person yet. I hate it when we talk about the the, the, the high school records <laughs> on the like local Denver news because you're not a person. You're in high school. You're a big fish in a little pond. You're in I'm a good man, Charlie Brown. Get fucked. I hate MasterChef with MasterChef Junior. Um, you know, I, I hate it. I hate seeing kids doing things. Don't make me look at kids. Don't make me pay attention to high school records. Why are these guys so horned up for high school? Fine, I will give you, I, I will concede the point to you. It's Texas. It's Texas. Fine. They're the We've, only ones where this is not a weird thing. It's Texas physics. We've talked before about how Texas physics alter the space time around them. Fine. Fine. I don't care, whatever. Um, I have, this is a dumb episode. I don't like this episode. I think this is a dumb episode. There's no conflict. Hank, once again, is speaking for Bill. And... I, we, you just said how like Bill is super happy just to have this yeah. and then to have it broken and he's cool with it being broken and doesn't matter. And I get, I sort of get where Hank is coming from. I kind of understand like Hank's reasoning for it behind it, but God, it's obnoxious. I Hank, don't like it. Hank steps in when he doesn't need to. But he really, really puts his ankles in it this time. He really does. His tiny, tiny ankle bones it's, in it, it this time. His, his little tiny bird ankles. And it his w- narrow urethra. And it's weird that Hank has weird supportive tissues. <laughs> um, really, like, Hank would have been... I, I would, it wouldn't have bugged me so much. He does bug me in this episode. And it wouldn't have bugged me so much if he hadn't shown up at the school board meeting and made such a stink and basically said, I want an asterisk, but I want, I want one that says that this person was unsportsmanlike and it was cheating and all this. Dude, get over it. Just put an asterisk and just say... Yeah, the player was injured, and so he got the record. I'm down for the school board bit with that, to your point. Like, I'm down mm-hmm. for that bit. I think that's fine. I think Hank proposing this is fine. Yeah. But not to, for, yeah, what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. It's overkill. It's him being a whiny baby because he, he thinks his friend is going to lose it. It's like, dude, get over it. I know you want to establish the fact that that if, if it happens to Bill, it could potentially happen to you when one of your records gets broken, but yeah, it's not what's going to happen. No. So. Um, once again, Christ, it's high school. Let it go. And then finally, I, as watching this right now, like I need to go work out. <laughs> I don't like, Mark, I, why is my head so fat? I don't think I can fit into my high school helmet right now. You're, you're beholding me right now. I'm the thinnest I've been in like six, probably 10 years. Like I'm down to like 190 something. And like, I was 160 pounds in high school as a defensive tackle. Like, and my job was to punch through shit. My coach used to tell me, my coach used to just get on that like blocking shield, the the the, 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 the pad, yeah, yeah, the sled. And it, Jones, come dig me a ditch. Sure thing, coach. And I run up, just like mash into it and drive him <laughs> up the field, because I was really good at it. And I think he kind of had fun, because I would, I'd drive him a good like twenty yards before I'd get gassed, because mm-hmm. I was eighteen and dumb and full of testosterone. Yeah. Point is, now I'm thirty three and kind of fucking dumpy. <laughs> Um, you just aged, buddy. That's all. I don't like it. I know that my head couldn't... Like, I remember, like, my fr- sophomore year of college, my class ring didn't fit anymore because my fingers had swelled up to sausages because my diet consisted of dominoes and beer. Well, here we are, but... Yeah. That's all I got. I don't like this episode a lot. I bitch about it a lot, but yeah. It's okay. Uh, I only have one retro rage, and it's just... I mean, it probably still happens in Texas, but we don't live in Texas, so it's weird for me. Local sports radio. Like when we when you listen to sports radio, I don't I don't hear shit in my town about the local sports. That's what Facebook is for. They'll play the um they'll play the basketball games on the radio down here for the high school. Interesting. Um, well, or like okay. Den- or like um all the or all the local stations in Denver have their like Saturday. I want to say it is okay. They'll put segments in their sports cast devoted to high school sports, and that's what I was bitching about earlier. I just don't like okay. watching it. Like I also feel like it's unfair to the kids. Like, stop putting pressure on kids who are now more than ever in their lives. So pressured. Leave them be, for God's sakes. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it's just because I don't listen to a lot of radio. That's the rage here. There you go. <laughs> um, Mark, we're going to get to fa- favorite moments here. And favorite I, moments. I literally just quoted one to you. Yep. Mark, how did my head get so fat? <laughs> um, and also, what is uh, a Cajun football fan's favorite dish? 
Fumbleia. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what is it? I like Bobby in this. This is a this is a weirdly good Bobby it episode. Is. He's used so sparingly. And it's it, it, so oh, good. Oh, just like peppers it in just so perfectly. Um, how about you, man? Those are my moments. Um, I like Bill's Closet when they're trying to dig out his jersey and he's got two cross case sets. I don't know why. I laugh my ass off. And maybe it's because I was like trying to like find a like light at the end of this Something. crap tunnel, but whatever. Um uh, the the guy going at at the uh, there at the hardware store that was Bill, good lord, yeah. And then um, at the school board meeting, Eustace is adding fatty fatty boom blatty to the list of hate speech. <laughs> Shit crushed me. Yep. Oh, good stuff. Well, are we ready to give this guy a rating mark? Let's rate her, baby. What are you gonna give her? So on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, I gave it a butane. Yeah. It's an okay episode. It's so far-fetched that we didn't even touch on the fact that they essentially, like, deus ex machina Bill into into getting to play another football game to tie his record again. That's some bullshit. Yeah. That's hard to watch. That's probably why you hate this episode so damn much. It's so unbelievable. Yeah. And that's my big thing is we've seen a lot of very believable King of the Hill. I would I would sooner believe that Peggy f- survived falling out of a plane than this episode. I'm going to tell you right now. Literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to make that point if you didn't yes. make that point right there. Yeah. Yes. So it's just like, good God. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a megalo. I don't like this episode. I don't think it's that good. Okay. Um, It has some all right-ish bits. You're not going to sway me on this one. like. No, it's good. You it, didn't give it a charcoal, and I don't think it's charcoal worthy. Do you want to know why to give it a charcoal? Yes. I wrote this in my notes. Only thing that kept it from a charcoal is I was right about Bill. <laughs> because, listeners, I, much like our dear patron saint of correctness, Peggy Hill, I was right, and I fucking knew it. There you go. But uh, we should probably get out of here, huh, buddy? I think so, but I got a really important question to ask you first, Mark. What's that, man? Do you still like King of the Hill? I still really like King of the Hill. We're getting into season four. These are some pretty all rightish episodes. It's great. It's not also, man, remember like two months ago when we got into season three with Pregnant Paws and you and I were both ready to like cry off and quit? Yep. Yep. We're not there anymore. No, we're not. We're getting pushing through and, and we're getting some good stuff here. And oh, baby, are we getting into some good stuff here? Yes, we are. Uh, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? I do still love King of the Hill, Mark. Wingo, man. You want to tell them good people where they can find us? I can. All you folks out there in podcast and internet land can find us at Podcast on Twitter. You can email us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at krautballstream. Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in the large amount of beer I've just consumed is going to come out of my dick in a stream. You're telling in just me, a minute. Are you meaning to tell me, Johnny, that in the, the, the near like three minute future, you will not have a narrow urethra? Oh no! Uh, Could you bust through three weedy shields with your stream? It, it's we're, we're looking at basically the the mouth of the Colorado River coming up here. Is soon. that the Yangtze or is it just me? Oh, that's the head of the Yellow River. I tell you what. <laughs> Mark, where can the good folks find you? Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can find us on Dangle Podcast on Instagram. I don't know if you said that one. I did not. We, we, have, have, we, started an Instagram, we have an Instagram. We have an Instagram, Dangle Podcast on Instagram. We're getting some feedback. It's pretty cool to see. Uh, you can find me on my other podcast. The da- uh, wow, not the Dangle Podcast. You can find me on my other podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about a bunch of weird shit. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I think so. I appreciate all you guys listening, and, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's, uh, it's been a very extra special one. It's our first one that we've recorded face-to-face, and damn, does it feel good to see your face, buddy. Oh, man, seeing your face, Johnny, feels so good. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Good night, everyone.